And I'm Helly, and welcome to 20s Are Hard, our fortnightly podcast about surviving your 20s. Yay, we got the intro right. It only took us like three attempts. <laughs> and 11 episodes. Okay, <laughs> it's fine. How are you, my dear? I'm good. I'm good. I'm back in the UK now, and I feel like still recovering from jet lag slightly, but um, it's probably just going back to work has just been knackering anyway but um what about you what have you been up to how is the what second full week of the job um it's going well I think yeah I mean I say I think because I I don't know I'm just a eternal warrior and people pleaser so I'm always worried that people don't like me and I'm not doing a good job um but I'm enjoying it and it's exciting times there's a lot going on and it's quite nice getting to that point where a few weeks in where like you feel a bit more confident and you're doing a bit more and I feel like I've got more of a routine in my life again now which is really really nice I'm a creature of habit and I love routine so that is um very nice. Did you have a nice weekend? I did. I mean, I feel like I'm the opposite to that because I'm really struggling to get back. I hate the routine and I'm really struggling to be back in it. I, I like the spontaneity of not knowing how many miles I'm going to drive in a day. And then now I'm back to knowing very well that I'm going to dr- drive up the road to work and come back. <laughs> but my parents did come and visit me in Oxford this weekend, which is really nice. It's the first time they've actually been to Oxford and like seen the city. So we did like a walking tour and I showed them around, took them to my favourite pubs and breakfast places and did some culture stuff. So Aww, that, that sounds really lovely. Fun. Yeah, it's been really nice. But oh my goodness, I feel like we briefly discussed this earlier in the week. The days are getting longer. Yes. Oh, my God. I can't believe we've been recording for like two and a half minutes and haven't mentioned this yet. I almost weeped with joy yesterday evening when I was sitting there and I I left the room and came back in at about 4.30. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't need to turn a light on. It didn't get dark till after five. I think I realised on Friday because I left work and I could see the sunset. And I was like, wait, what? And then I actually looked it up on Google because I couldn't believe that it was true. And sunset was like eight minutes past five. And I was like, oh my God, this is so exciting. So yeah. We are proper summer babies. (laughs) I mean, I I actually feel like the end is in sight. I know that's so dramatic. The 31st of March is when daylight saving starts or begins. I never know which way it is, but the days get officially longer from the 31st of March. I mean, I was looking up a whole bunch of stuff because I got really into it. And if you look on certain things, it's like the twilight calculator and blah, blah, blah. The longest day of the year, we have 16 hours of daylight. Do you know what? There's a part of me that's just tempted to be awake for all 16 hours, just doing the most of it. I mean, we probably are, to be fair. No, remember it was not. It it starts at like 4am. Do you remember that time we went out for Pimp My Barrow? Side note, if you were not from UEA. Pit My Barrow is a charity. Actually, I don't think it happens anymore, but it was like a charity wheelbarrow race you'd have every year. And you literally pimped your barrow up. <laughs> yeah, you got a wheelbarrow, you had a dressing up theme, and then you drank from approximately 10am all the way through to the following day. Drink responsibly, kids. You can see why it's not done anymore, can't you, really? <laughs> yeah, probably. It was for charity, um, you know. But um, <laughs> it, it was amazing. But do you remember one time we we did stay up after it, and that's held at, like, the end of June, and we watched the sunrise? Yes, because then I fell asleep on the sofa and woke up a couple of hours later, and I thought I'd been cured, and actually I'd fallen asleep with my contact lenses in. <laughs> Obviously was still drunk. I'd forgotten about that. I briefly knew what it was like to wake up and not be a half-blind person in the morning. It was very disappointing when I realised the truth. I feel like Pimp My Barrow served us some of the worst hangovers on the planet. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't disagree with that, if I'm honest. But yeah, the days are getting lighter. 
um, which is, oh, I'm so happy about it. I can't even tell you. Actually, this weekend, the weather was so beautiful. And I spent so much of Saturday outside because I went to see some family. And um, my godson was playing football. So I went to watch that at 10 a.m. on Saturday morning. Godmother point right there. Get you. I know. Um, but for it, I was outside for a considerable amount of time. And yes, it was very windy and cold. But to be out in like a really crisp beautiful kind of late winter early spring day it was so nice I saw snowdrops and daffodils and I just thought you know what it's, it's gonna be okay we're gonna get there see I was doing a walking tour in that sunny but very crisp cold weather and I was good for about an hour and a half and then my feet and my hands were so numb I was like oh my god get me inside but did you see my Instagram stories? I got caught in the most ridiculous hailstorm yeah. on Sunday. Oh my god, it was awful. It looked disgusting. It was there was I've never I don't can't remember ever having seen such big hailstones. I mean, there's people living in tropical places right now who are like, get out. <laughs> but these were like pretty decently sized. Okay, so now we all caught up with one another's lives. Shall we move on to our recommendations? What have you been loving over the past week or so? Okay, so this one is a little bit left of field for me, I will admit. Um, but because I've just been getting over the jet lag and kind of the, the come down from travelling, I've been watching this show, which I started watching in America, called The Orville. And it's a bit of like a... I've never really been a Trekkie. I'm not a Star Trek fan. But this is a bit of like an, an ode to it, a nod to it, but with comedy, it's up to date, it's relevant. Um, it's basically, it's by Seth MacFarlane. It's produced by him and he's also in it. Oh, I've heard about this. I have Yeah, heard and he's, so he basically gets over a divorce and then he gets made the captain of kind of this mid-level spaceship that goes out into the galaxy. It's set in the 25th century as well, so everything's a bit more advanced and it, it tackles like some really interesting themes, but also with comedy and it's just really engaging easy watching I've just been watching a couple of episodes like in the evenings to kind of chill out before I fall asleep and I just really really enjoyed it and they, they're on the second series at the moment so if you get a chance to watch it I think it's actually on Hulu if anyone has a Hulu account but yeah it's really great I would definitely recommend it and it's definitely not like other I'm not really a spacey kind of person I don't really watch Star Trek but it, I'm enjoying it it's really good. Is it kind of similar humour to like Ted and Family Guy and stuff like that? Because obviously it's the same guy. Uh, no, not really. I, I don't think it's like that. It's very relatable humour. It feels quite down to earth. And I think that's why I'm enjoying it. And that's what makes it quite easy watching. Okay, maybe I'll check that out then. Yeah, I think just watch the first couple of episodes and you'll kind of know if it's for you. But it's, yeah, I like it. Um, What about you? What's your first recommendation? Okay, so I am aware that I am really behind on this. And this is, I feel like this is like recommending air to people because it's like such a well-known thing. But I, it's like, it is just like rec like being like, oh my God, did you know these things called food shops exist? But anyway, um, I I wanted to read more at the start of the year. And this is my, rec this is my like New Year's resolution every year. And then this year I thought, I'm actually going to start listening to more books because when I finish work... I've stared at a screen for eight hours. I don't always want to actually read a book and actually lugging a book in my handbag every day is a bit of a pain. So I thought, okay, I'm going to download Audible. And actually, I didn't realise, but you get your first book free on Audible. Yeah. Audible? Audible. Audible. Thank you. I've never said it out loud before. Um, and so I was having a look through and I decided to download The Life-Changing Magic of Not Giving a Fuck by Sarah Knight, which came out about three years ago now. Yeah. And since then, she's released um, a few other books within the same series. So it's like, 
it the it's like all about she calls it the not, not sorry method um and basically it's it's a really short book like i think you could probably read it very quickly it's four hours on audible so it's just been saying i've been like playing in the mornings and stuff and i've just been really enjoying it I, there's a reason it's like an international bestseller yeah um and actually she just goes through it and says you don't have to not care about the things that are worth caring about but it's about like unburdening yourself and saying i'm not going to give my energy to something that doesn't matter or that i don't actually care about yeah and i found it to be really quite um poignant i guess and i've been really enjoying listening to it and yes i know i'm really 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 behind on the whole trend but even if you never use audible again i'd say that it's worth downloading just to listen to this book because i think it'll be the kind of thing i go back and listen to again and again plus she just has such like a no bullshit way of saying things yeah um it's really relatable and really kind of down to earth and it's like your friends just giving you a bit of like a straight talking pep talk yeah I've not actually read it I've I've heard about it and I like know all about the buzz but I've not read it either but I think she's also got like what's the other one oh get your shit together yeah and then she's just released one called calm the fuck down yeah that's it I love that but it's really it's really really interesting um so I would highly recommend if you are one of the other like three people on the planet who haven't listen to or read that book yet <laughs> i should i should also get audible as well that is a recommendation yeah, yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna get on that mm. um what else are you gonna recommend this week my love it's not a really recommendation but it's something that i found really interesting and i've read so many articles about it this week the dan mallory debacle everything that has gone on with that dan mallory is the real name of aj finn who is the author of women in woman in the window i think yeah the woman the woman at the window totally honest i don't know anything about this probably because i'm very uncultured so i'm very excited to hear what this is i mean the first you'll probably hear is that the, the woman at the window is being made into a movie starring amy adams um it's coming out later this year there's someone else famous in it and i can't for the life of me remember who it is but basically this author dan mallory he he went to oxford and then he worked in publishing in london he worked in publishing in new york and then now he's this obviously globally successful author with a film what you call it like film rights under his belt and everything obviously he's got a ton of money and the new yorker did this massive expose on him last week which basically revealed he is a serial liar. I mean, the the story in itself is massively interesting and it's everything from, he basically lied about having a terminal brain tumour. He said that his mum had died, she's still alive. He said that his um, brother had committed suicide, he's also still alive. He told lies to get into Oxford. He's like various lies that he told, even stupid little things like he was dog sitting to get out of a meeting and he was actually pretending over the phone in this phone conference and he was like, down boy, no, down. Like, there's no dog there. Like, just absolutely crazy and anyway he's released his statement saying that it's due to he's basically it's it's a symptom of his bipolar which then has caused more uproar because people say no this is not an that's not an excuse for being a serial liar it's not like a symptom of bipolar disorder like many people live with it and but what's also come out of is a lot of really interesting articles about the levels of deception in people's lives anyway like through social media the way we show our kind of best side through social media which is obviously something we've discussed before yeah. um, and kind of the interesting side of why are we questioning a man so much that makes a living out of writing fiction in an industry which is dedicated to creating fictional stories like that's fascinating so that's there's a, so interesting 
Yeah, so there's a lot of, I mean, the original expose is 12,000 words. I wouldn't recommend reading that. It was a long read. But all of the other articles that have come out of it are quite interesting. The cynic in me thinks that it's probably just, a, I mean, I don't doubt that he's got some sort of illness, but it's probably a publicity stunt and I'm sure his right. movie will do very well. Yeah, I, I feel like working in PR, but also being a complete cynic makes you so cynical about this kind of thing. It's like um when... Mrs. Hinch kind of like exploded and I heard and I it, the thought did cross my mind is it a PR stunt by a like a um, cleaning company conglomerate yeah like and I, I I'm sure she's a lovely woman and very hardworking and I'm I'm not trying to take that away from her but the cynic in me couldn't help but wonder I think it is that thing of social media you do start to doubt a lot of the things around you yeah and I have no doubt as well that his publisher is probably issuing a reprint of his book right now because the title of that book is in every single article you read and it's a crime thriller one of the most popular genres at the moment they are going to be milk in the publicity any controversial author is publicity and it's going to sell books i mean again that's the cynic in me and but um it's really interesting if you read any of the articles around it okay i might have a look into that that's really interesting the idea about a guy whose work is creating make-believe and fiction and how we hold like at what point does that line end and real life begin yeah interestingly actually wrote his dissertation at uni or his thesis on the talented mr ripley so someone in fiction who created or was basically a deceptively charming man but yeah it was really interesting and it's a very left of field recommendation but pop culture woo (laughs) (laughs) okay well my final recommendation for this week is actually a song it's it came on like you know spotify do those random lists of like hot hits today and mood motivators and all this kind of thing oh yeah it was on one of those and it came on and it's called juice and it's by lizzo i feel like it's going to be huge if it isn't already again this could be a thing that everyone is mad about i'm just really late to the party (laughs) but it came on on it came on my phone on like friday morning and i was having a categorically bad morning like you know those days where everything goes wrong like I miss my train by a second and then I miss my connection by another. Like, it was just one of those moments. This song came on and it just completely changed my mood because it is so happy. And I, I'm going to go as far to say it as I feel like if you put it on, you can't be miserable. Do you remember that playlist you had that was like the one, like your, I can't remember what it was called, but like the really oh, positive- confident. Yes, it should go on that playlist. It's just, it's just so happy. And I think, you know, everyone has three minutes in their day to go listen to it. So, Go do that as soon as you finish listening to the podcast. I should recommend songs more because I feel like songs are such an an easy way to really change how you feel in a day. Oh yeah, definitely. Like if I'm like I feel like music can influence your mood so so much. Like if you're having a bit of a crappy day and you put on some good music, it'll make you feel better equally. Listen to a super sad song and you can be bawling your eyes out in ten minutes. I think that's why I don't listen to music that much because I, I find it does influence my mood quite a lot. And there's the second something remotely sad comes on, I'm like oh god my life is awful again the drama queen in me yeah i listen to music like probably about three three or four hours a day oh my god probably more actually because i always have it playing on my headphones at work oh see i don't listen to anything at work because i'm on the phone a lot so just i'm never on i don't even have a phone on my desk it's brilliant (laughs) oh my god i'm so jealous but shall we move on to this week's topic yes So this week we are going to discuss women's health and before we get started we want to put the disclaimer out there that we are not medical professionals, we we do not do anything to do with medicine, like I work in email marketing and heli works and publishing so you know we're not trying to dispense medical advice 
but more we want to have a conversation around these things because actually quite often the there isn't so much of a discussion around actual health issues we all know that generally women are better at talking about health than men but there's not always that open conversation and there's a lot of embarrassment or fear around a lot of women's health issues and we both kind of agree that that shouldn't be there and we want to do our part in kind of breaking down that stereotype yeah absolutely there shouldn't be a taboo around um a lot of these issues which are very serious they're very serious but they're so easy to discuss and bring into the kind of general arena and they're not by not talking about them they're only going to be something that people become more afraid of so we're hoping if we can have this conversation just make it a bit more normal at least for this little kind of half an hour of a podcast anyway yeah and if you're a guy and you're listening just because it's talking about women's health it isn't irrelevant like I still think it's really important because undoubtedly you have women in your life and it's good for you to understand it but also I think the the general theme still applies of have the conversation about health and we're going to put something in there about checking your balls as well. Yeah, which I'm sure you'll love. Um, I actually, it's like one of my favourite resources to do with these things. So um, we will come on to that. But the first thing we wanted to discuss, because it's definitely very, very relevant for women in their mid-20s. And actually a week or two ago now, it was national like smear test week or day or something. Our smear tests, because, you know, as soon in the UK, it might be different in other parts of the world. But in the UK, before your 25th birthday, you will get a letter in the post from your local GP surgery saying you need to pop in and have your first smear test. Actually, they might not be called smear tests everywhere. It's like a cervical screening test. So if you call it, I think it's like a pap smear in the US and there are different names for it. On the NHS, it's actually called a cervical screening. It's, it actually says a cervical screening test and then in brackets, previously known as a smear test. It's a really important thing that we all, we, like all women will have that letter at some point in their lives, but there's, it's never spoken about in school, which blows my mind. Um, yeah. And so you kind of leave that kind of controlled environment of education and you can quite legitimately never hear about it again and never have a conversation about it. And it's just something I think is so, so important that we need to open up that conversation more. I mean, it is important because you're between the ages of 25 and 49, you're supposed to have one every three years. Mm. And then when once you hit 50, it's supposed to be every five years. So really, this is something that's going to be part of every woman's life for the for the foreseeable future. So it is something that does need to be discussed. And especially if you've got your first one coming up, it's important to kind of get over that first hurdle, which I think is useful for us from our two perspectives because I've already had my first um smear test or cervical screening test whereas you've got yours coming up I believe yeah I've got it so when this goes live it will be or maybe it's on the day this goes live no it's the week after a week from when this goes live but um (laughs) yeah that's when mine is and it's one of those weird things it's like generally medical procedures don't stress me out very much the second the letter came through there was no doubt in my mind that I would be going to get it done Um, But that doesn't mean that I'm not still a little bit apprehensive because I think, you know, if you don't know what's going to happen, it's the unknown. Of course, it's a bit scary. Like if it was a blood test, I'd be like, eh, fine, whatever, because I've had one of those. But this is a bit of like new territory for me. I think that's probably it. I think people are so apprehensive about it because they don't know what's coming. And it's just a thought of, oh, I'm going to be in a very kind of a very unusual position to be in with a stranger. Yeah. (laughs) In a doctor's surgery. I think for me, I just had to go and do it because I turned 25 before any of you guys. Yeah. And I didn't really have anyone else to kind of hash it out with. And I just went along and I was fortunate enough to have a really nice nurse who made me feel super comfortable or as comfortable as I could do and really explained the procedure to me. 
Um, and I'm not going to lie, it's not the most comfortable thing, but you need to be just be relaxed and know that it's something that's beneficial. And I, I wasn't, it wasn't a painful experience at all. Yeah, I think that's the thing, because I think you hear horror stories of it being really painful and really embarrassing and really stressful. And actually, it's one of those things where you hear the horror stories, but that probably isn't the norm for most people. And actually having yeah. spoken to more women about it, like you, but also like people who are much older, like my mum. But it, it seems a common theme that the overall response is, oh, actually, it's not that bad at all. Like, don't worry about it. Just go along, get it done. It's important. It could save your life. Like, when I'm not being dramatic. It can save your life. Yeah. And at the end of the day, the person doing your test is a medical professional. They're not, they're not there to give your vagina a rating out of 10. Yeah, they don't care they, how it looks. They don't care if it's hairy, yeah. if it's not. That's not what they're there to do. So don't even con- like don't even worry about the self-conscious side of things. The mo- most important thing about this test is that it's not just like a test for cancer. It's actually a preventative measure to test for any abnormal cells which could be um an issue in the future yeah but I think that kind of leads on to like a bigger theme of like being particularly with women's health issues of being really aware of your body because like you know you should go for your smear test but one thing that's really drummed into you or is is quite you're told quite often is check your boobs and be familiar with what's normal for you and what's not and look out for different changes but again like when I was at school, I got given no information on that whatsoever. And I went to oh, yeah, girls' okay. school. And actually, it's so important. And it's so important for men as well. Like, it isn't just women. Like, who, like whether you are a man or a woman, you should be checking yourself once a month. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it is something I feel like is getting spoken about a bit more now. But it really... It comes down to you really knowing your body well. And yeah. if you notice something different. And you're only going to notice if something's different if you are checking yourself regularly yeah. and that is your your responsibility and I know I was really bad for it like a few years ago I did just not check at all whereas yeah. now I'm so much more aware of it and I think I know so many more people who have been affected by yeah. various forms of cancer and it's just it's such an easy thing to do while you're in the shower just shower, have a look shower's the best place to do it because you're like your body's damp and you're you're more likely to be able to like feel everything properly so it's actually yeah. the best place to do it and actually something that's really great if you forget which is like what I was guilty of for years I would always forget about checking because I think because they say do it once a month and the idea of doing it once a month is that if you're if you have hormonal changes so your like boobs change in size and stuff throughout your cycle if you're doing it on the same day of every month it should help to kind of counter that um so you have yeah. like a good baseline but I would just forget I'd be like oh I've done oh actually no I haven't done that for about six months which is really that's not great but Copperfield who are a charity, like a breast cancer charity, they provide such amazing resources to make the whole process, A, they are really great at removing that stigma around like checking your boobs, but they provide such great resources. And I actually signed up to their text alerts about maybe six months ago now. So on the first- Yes, they're so good. They're so good. On the first of the month, I get a text and it's always like quite an entertaining text. They're really, I shared one on my Instagram stories a couple of weeks ago, actually. But they're just really entertaining texts. But essentially, they're saying, don't forget to check your boobs today. And every single time I get one, I'm like, right, I'm going to go do that this evening when I have a shower or tomorrow morning. And it's so helpful. They also do a sticker you can put in your shower that tells you how to do it. Oh, yeah. 
which yeah. I think is so cool. Because that's the other thing, like if you're not going to talk about it and you don't know where to find the resources, how do you know you're even doing it right? Because I was doing it wrong for a long time. Oh God, yeah, I had no bloody idea what I was doing. And again, they're just not things that are spoken about at schools or even I mean even at the doctors they're like oh do you check yourself I'm like well tell me how yeah I I kind of have a feel but maybe I'm doing it right but no they're really really good and the other resource I found for it was actually um, a friend showed it to me Deadpool have two videos on their YouTube channel and the first is about checking your boobs and the other is about checking your balls so guys use both girls use the boob one and we'll leave them linked but they're really like they just break it down of like steps one, two, three, four of how you check. Are you saying Deadpool is in like the Ryan Reynolds character? Yeah, Ryan Reynolds telling you to check your boobs. Do you know that? I cannot. <laughs> I, I will watch that on loop. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it's just another really great resource. And I think that's something I didn't know about until a friend told me. And then as soon as I heard it and I watched it, I was like, God, this is such a good idea. Yeah. And I think it is becoming more and more people are aware and there's more and more resources out there. And I know that we both actually, along the same vein, we both use an app called Clue. I love yeah and it's again it's another way of just being more aware of your own body it makes it super easy to record um like whether it's your cycle whether it's your body temperature whether it's your eating habits what um your mood swings um remind you when to take your pill it does so much and it's it really is insightful once you've done it for long enough and you can see the patterns it's really interesting yeah because it isn't it isn't like a lot of the contraceptive apps that are out there it is not a contraception app but what it essentially does is you can share with it as much information or as little as you want to so you can literally use it just to track your period so you know when you're likely to come on if maybe you're not on the pill and it's a bit irregular but you can also use it, like Helly said, to track like your mood and you know any symptoms like headaches or tender breasts or like cravings you have. So that over the course of a couple of months, you can see these patterns reoccurring. Like I always used to get a really bad headache a week before my period, and I, every month I was like, I'm getting ill. And actually, as soon as I started putting into Clue, I was like, Oh no, I'm not ill. Like it's just one of those things. So it's really, really interesting. I actually got the notification yesterday to say I've been using it for 500 days. That's crazy. I've been using it for a few months now I think but not that long at all but it's also really good just to make you more aware of like just everything to do with your body and I think it's something that especially if then I always think if later down the line you have to go to a doctor for whatever reason if you've got like a long-term track of how your body's behaved a it's a lot easier to work out if something's unusual for you but b that information's really useful oh yeah absolutely But also, I feel like we really need to stress, it's never too late to start doing all of these things. Oh yeah, definitely. So even if you're a woman in your 40s and you've never been for your cervical screening, please just go because there is no one's judging you people are more encouraging of it now than ever so whatever age you are and if you've not been before go and book your smear test go and check yourself next time you're in the shower or download an app that you think might be helpful it's it's never too late to start doing those things because it can only be a positive thing for you to do yeah and I think sometimes there's the fear of doing it because there's the fear of oh god what if I find something but then you have the knowledge to go somewhere and you you can work out a solution to that if you yeah. never find it it's not going to disappear on its own yeah and I'm very much of the school of thought that you need to be aware because if you're not and god forbid something happens you don't want to have left it too late because that's dreadful so just keep on top of it and it's just I like for clue I incorporate it into my evening routine so like 
I get into bed, I write in my five-year diary, I put my info into Clue, and then I um, do like my five minutes of meditation on the car map. That makes me sound like such a model citizen. God, I <laughs> have my shit together, people. Do not worry. Um, but that's just how I've done it so that I make sure that I do it every night and the same with like I was saying about the texts from Copperfield it just reminds me and then I do it and if you incorporate it into your routine like that it's second nature it's like brushing your teeth like you would never not brush your teeth in the morning and the evening yeah so prioritize it just as highly yeah absolutely but yeah I think that's kind of everything we wanted to discuss on women's health what I would say and I feel like you'll echo this house is if you have any concerns just go and see your GP like a doctor is never there to judge you they are only ever there to support you and help you ultimately like if you can be worried about something but that worry is never just going to disappear it's always better to go and get it checked out because it could be completely nothing but isn't it better if it's not that you catch it as soon as possible like I think having a really strong relationship with your GP is so important um, because they really should be your first port of call for anything. Like even if it's like a safeguarding issue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And if there is anything in this episode that you've got questions about, obviously we can't give medical advice, but um, generally any of the resources that we've mentioned or using the apps, obviously we're going to leave everything linked and as always, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this or any of the other episodes or anything that you'd like to hear in the future. Um, so you can get in contact with us either via the email, twentiesarehard uh, at gmail.com. Or on our Instagram, which is at twentiesarehard. But yeah, we hope you've enjoyed this episode and we will speak to you in a couple of weeks time. Bye. Bye. Bye.